Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. We've got a great show in store for you guys. We have Mr. Cool of Pole Vaulting, Mike Lorick, with us from the Vertical Assault Pole Vaulting Club. If you don't know about Mike Lorick or you don't know about the Vertical Assault Pole Vaulting Club, I'm just going to say it. I think arguably Vertical Assault, the most successful pole vaulting club in the country from a business standpoint and also from a results standpoint. Um, lots to learn from how to develop a club, develop a system on this this week's episode. Um, really interesting talk. I, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'd like to thank our sponsors again, UCS Spirit, uh, vaulting poles for the beginner or world-class champ. Uh, each UCS Spirit vaulting pole is manufactured to retain max energy when flexed. The more efficient the pole, the greater the lift. And if you're interested in purchasing a pole, especially in the New Jersey, New York area, you can come to Apex Vaulting now. We have a stock of UCS Spirit poles and crossbars. Um, great opportunity. You can save on shipping. You don't have to wait for them to make the poles. We have them here. So definitely check us out. Um, we have our website, apexvaulting.com. We're also on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can check out our Twitter. Obviously, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And if you have any questions, make sure to email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. So here with Mike Lorick, um, coach of Vertical Assault. I would say arguably one of the greatest clubs in the country. Um, and... You know, so glad to have you on. Uh, we were just talking um, about a couple different athletes, you know, and the difference it makes when someone buys in and when someone doesn't buy in. Like, what, what do you think is the impact of that? Because no matter how good your system is, I mean, the kid's got to buy in, right? Well, I think buying in is everything. Because mm -hmm. especially as a coach and you're looking, you already have in your mind um, what you have done in the past. So you're kind of going off that and you can't help but do that, even though everybody's an individual and you know what people have done in the past, you know what they've gripped, you know what they hit. Hey, some kids are better at doing this than others. Some aren't. Mm -hmm. And they even maybe mature at different rates, but it all is because you're going off the system that, that you know. Right, right. So how can you coach almost any different? You can't just let it be like... <laughs> A cluster in there. It's like, this is what we do. Right. And and it's funny. I, I remember because, you know, I, I've spent some time with you at Vertical early in my coaching career. And, and we would see it. We would sometimes see, you know, a group and be like, every kid jumps differently. Like, how does it, like, how do you coach a, a, a section of kids and everyone has like a completely different model? Because yep. everybody's going to look a little different. I mean, it's kind of like what Alan Launder, Launder would say in Beginner to Bupka. You know, you have the model and everybody has their, their style. style. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, you'll see some kids, like some kids are way under, other kids are trying to get a free takeoff. I mean, some people are dropping their drive knees and everything. And it's just like all over the place. Like, how do you, I <laughs> don't then, know how you keep track And then you that. ask them, hey, what are you trying to do? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to pole vault. You're like, yeah, but what are you trying to do? Like, what are you working on? Like, I'm trying to pole vault. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. There's a little more to it than that. And and even something like just how they carry the pole. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Like some kids ha are supporting it the whole time. The tip is down, you know, it's le parallel with the ground the whole run. Other kids have a progressive drop. It's like, you have to you have to kind of like bring that all together. And so you come in a little bit different um, time than me because I had the time in Florida. And mm -hmm. then you, you know, so I had a, uh, a system kind of going on. And I had the gym and, and you needed the place. So I knew right from the get-go, like obviously here's a guy who's probably read the beginner to Buka who really yeah. absorbed everything and really believed in it and had mm -hmm. that model. So I think that that is the most important thing. For me, it was kind of the same thing. But how many times has it happened where somebody would come up to me and go, oh, I saw one of your kids jump in over at blah, blah, blah meet. And I'm like, oh, really? How'd you know he's my kid? They're like, oh, you just know. Like, yeah. go, oh, oh, you know, when you see that and you're thinking, oh, well, thanks. Cause, and, and I'm not even saying it's always good, but there was for them, it seemed to be this swing thing. You know, that right, people would say, right. like, I just saw that kid make a move on a pole. And you're like, oh, I've seen that before. So, yeah. and we're trying to do the same thing. Not saying, not to say that we're not maybe deficient in other places, as I've always thought maybe this club was, was in pressuring the pole. Because we were always right. more like swing related. We're working on mm -hmm. run mechanics. I know you're a big run mechanics guy. Always mm -hmm. have been. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. Because I, I don't know if you remember. I remember one of my boys being at a meet, a high school meet. And he jumps. And he's like, Bronco, one of the coaches said I look like 
like a vertical assault girl. I was like, all right, you're doing a good job. I was like, <laughs> keep, it, keep it up. Now, if we just get you in that competition, we're going to win this thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. So funny stuff. And, and it's interesting, too. Like you said, like, uh, you know, I, I did read Beginner to Bupka. I always tell people, I'm like, I probably read it cover to cover three times and then several chapters over and sure. over again. Sure. And like you said, buying in. I mean, I did buy in. I read it. It made sense to me. There was a logical progression. And just like we were talking about, the athlete has to buy in. I mean, obviously, the coach has to be sold in the system. If the coach is kind of not sure, I don't know how you can expect an athlete to, to buy in, you know? And do you think almost sometimes I think like what we do, it's, it, it's almost like, hey, it's easy to be done. Like if you read this book, if you get that tape and you're any word of a coach – it's not rocket science. It's like, right. here's what we got to right. do. We got to stand up. We got to do this. We got to stay behind the ball. I remember when somebody was talking about beginner, beginner to Bootka, and I go down there like, okay, get out of my room. Let me see. Pick up the book, and I start paging through it. I'm like, holy crap, this guy's doing everything that I'm doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. where did he learn this? And I'm thinking, like, I kind of learned some things, but I felt like through trial and error, it took right. me a long time to develop it, and I'm like, that's what we do. It's just, he was such a great writer. Like, he could yeah. explain things. Mm -hmm. And even though I've even had trouble explaining, like, I knew it. I had trouble explaining things. And with the pendulum and breaking at the hips and the core right. of the pole, and I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I, I knew that too. I just didn't yeah. know how to say it as well as he did. Right. He wrote he, it down. Yeah, he did a, he did a great job uh, explaining all the different uh, phases. And the illustrations were great too. Yeah. That, yeah. that was wonderful to look at. And, um, I mean, just get, getting through that and then, like you said, trial and error, actually implementing it with your athletes. Because I feel like a lot of coaches are almost scared to try something new. It mm -hmm. might sound great. They might buy into it mm -hmm. from a philosophical standpoint, but then they go to track practice and they're a little bit timid. They don't want to try it because they're not used to it. And I, I felt, look, a little bit different from you. I read the book first and then started using it with my kids, right. but I had to use that trial and error. Like, okay, that's not what he was talking about in the book. Let me try a different coaching cue to try to get this across. You know, and you, you have to go through that trial and error. Now, over the years, I mean, I, I would always say about you, it's like Mike could probably have his back to the pit and just hear someone take off and be like, hey, that was under, back a half, jump up a little bit. Because you you've heard those noises, you've seen you different angles, you yep. and, and you know what's going on. But you need that trial and error in the beginning. I mean, we, we all make our mistakes in the beginning, and you have to be willing to make those mistakes. You know, it's like if you keep holding on to what you're comfortable with, you're never going to go past that. But not only that, I'd almost say at times, even though when we were – you know, doing things and they are working good, you're still influenced by all the things, Somebody, something like the Reno pole vault, something you see right. a bunch of different styles and then things start getting in your head. And the next thing you know is maybe you are not what, what really made you just because, hey, you're looking for not a shortcut, but you're looking for any information you can. Right. And you've always been someone that seeks yeah. out you know, all the information you get, that's, that's why you're doing this, you know, because <laughs> right. maybe it's not really out there as much as it should be. So coaches can really use yeah. this to go to, but that gets a little bit, um, you know, that also creeps in. Like sometimes I go back and like, yeah, they were out more and yeah, these girls only jumped 11, six, but they were taking off free and they were moving poles and right. they, they were kind of small girls. I remember winning at the state meet early on in Pennsylvania with a couple of things and people are like, oh, yeah, what poles are they on? And I'm like, oh, they're like on 1240s. They're like, no, like when they jump, what are they on? And I'm like, no, they're on 12-foot poles. And right, they're like right. looking at me like, I don't think you understand my question. I'm like, I'm telling you, they're <laughs> yeah. just only on 12, so. Right. Well, I mean, I was just telling you about one of my athletes and she was on the Zero episode, Lily Brown. I, you know, I, I get questions like that about her all the time. She jumped 11 at the Jersey Beach Vault this summer. She was gripping 11 on a 12-foot 110. Yeah, and that's real efficient. I yeah, mean. you know, and so, and people are shocked to hear that. And I'm like, well, that's what she can handle. Like, that's yeah. what that girl jumps on, you and know? That, and it's not like I'm holding her back. That's, no. that's what she can <laughs> yeah, handle. Yeah, I would certainly love her to be on something bigger, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it is amazing to see that kind of stuff. Um, kind of to delve back into your history a little bit, like, how did you get to this place? How did you develop vertical assault? Like how how did I mean, how did it get to this point? I mean, we're gonna post some pictures on the yep. Instagram, but yep. you know, you walk into here and you know this is a professional, you know, school. You know, right. you're gonna learn how to pole vault. There's no doubts. Like, how did it get to this point? Well, a lot of that had to do with not being happy with what I was doing. And I was working construction, I was in Florida, I was just like, is is this what 
you know, your life's going to be. And a lot of times people would say this, I wish I would have read the book, but hey, if you want to get somewhere, maybe you want to volunteer. And if you get good at that, then they, then they need you. They can't right. replace you. And that's right. kind of how it came about with um, pole vaulting for me. I was just not really that happy doing it. So what am, I'm going to go volunteer and coach. I'm going to coach football. I've played football all my right. life. I'm going to coach baseball. I've done tennis. And, and the guy's like, hey, what we don't have is a pole vault coach. And I see that you pole vault. And it was mm-hmm. the last thing I put on my resume. Right. So I show up there and I got extremely lucky. It was the first year ever for girls to pole vault right. in Florida. So you were just like, hey. No one's good at pole vaulting for the girls because no one pulled it. So right. this girl um, happens to win you know, her state title at the time, right. which there was a couple, and there was four or five. But all of a sudden, you win a state title, and then it really happened um, with like Jan Johnson. Sent mm-hmm. out a flyer, and I'm like, oh, here's a pole vault camp. Happens to be close to where I live, very close. I'll visit my parents. Right. I'll go to that. And when I walked in there, and I actually, really what it was, was the tapes. And I saw, like, gosh, right. I can only watch Olympics. I mean, um, watch pole vaulting when an Olympics on, and you'll catch a, a jump a there. Jump, and remember, yeah. this is VHS time. I mean, this is right. when you're buying VHS. We can't. There's, you're not getting things on the internet. Right. So I bought all the tapes that he had, and I don't know what were, why. What were the tapes called again? I forget. They I think it's his Sky System. Why? Sky. And, two, and I think yeah, he only yeah. went up to three. Okay. And at the time, three was probably, I think, the most fun and whatever. But it just had, you know, as we know, it was Buka. And you're like, yeah. there's a lot of other people on. And you're like, I don't care about the other no. people. I'm watching this cat. And you're just so, so I would, you'd watch hours, un, untold hours. And here's the other thing that I would say get me back on track but this is where we were going to ask like so what uh the air force coach said is 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 coaching an art or is it a science and when he brought that up i'm thinking oh well for me i don't do much science like i don't keep a bunch of tracks and i don't test Mm -hmm. and i don't do this which is not a good thing really but (laughs) but what i did realize is after watching hours and hours of bootka i had this picture in my head and it was my job to make the picture right the kid that showed up Right. No yeah. matter how big it was, whatever the scale was. So anyway, you can remember that too. Cause yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so then the story goes, I got all that stuff and I started doing that. That girl went from like 9.3 to 11.8 and people are like, oh, no, no, that was a misprint. That must have been a boy. And I'm like, no, 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 she did. And she wasn't very fast, but we just, you know, we did the model. We tried right. to do the model right. as best we can. The boy was a 12 footer, which is pretty good for a freshman, but I was just going yeah. off of, you know, what I remember. Well, and, and it's interesting too, you bring up like, you know, the girl getting to 11A and, you know, she's not anything special. She's sure. not super fast. And we were talking about it earlier before we actually started recording. It's like, that's why for us, sometimes we see a kid who's a complete stud, like hitting ridiculous numbers on the mm-hmm. runway. And for anybody who understands mid-marks, like let's say you see a girl hit a 49, and it's like, what? well, yeah, she should jump 14 plus. Like, are you kidding me? That's an Olympic quality that's, runway, yeah, you know? That's crazy numbers. So, you know, it's like, that's why sometimes when we see, you know, I, I think one time at nationals, we were at high school nationals, and I joked to you, I was like, I, th- I think we're uh, pole vault snobs. You know, like people are wine snobs. Right. Like, you know, we want it to That's look a certain enough. way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like the aroma of the, yeah. <laughs> I know, and, it, and it's a little bit true, but you're thinking, sometimes think about girls and guys. Sometimes we break that up, but numbers are numbers. Right. I mean, you got a guy, we got a guy that jumped, what, 16-6 in here in high school the other, you know, two years ago. He was hitting a 47. If that girl's hitting a 47, I mean, I know he's a little bit stronger. Right, but come right, on, right. you got you to gotta hit a good jump. You like, got to be jumping 15 feet, yeah. you think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, numbers in a way are numbers. And that's why I also say, gosh, for the coach nowadays, um, you and I could sit down with kind of a be- beginning guy and say, hey, here are the things, here are the numbers. We use the numbers in the mid-marks. It's not everything. Right. You need a little bit more than that. Sure. Here's, um, you know, staying behind the pole. Here's how we develop the swing. Here's the pole turn. And, you know, right. then the athlete has to do it. But I, I think I went through that trial and error. So after that, um, just got tired, not tired, but I was in Florida, didn't have any families. And, mm-hmm. and I think at the time when I left, it probably had couple of national champions. Deanna Schuler was a national okay. record holder at the time and mm-hmm. um, won a couple of nationals, one or two, and then like 13 state championships. But then you get to the point, it's like, okay, that's good, but what am I doing here? So I moved mm-hmm. back to the Lehigh Valley. Again, very blessed because this happened, not only of that timing, but when I got here, uh, Liberty High School's track was tore up. 
Okay. Right next door was Moravian. So okay. when I was coaching these high school kids, um, we had to use the college track. track. College coach comes up and says, hey, I got some decats. Can you get them over a bar? Yeah, it's your place. Like, I'll do yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> right. So that runs its course. It's like, hey, you know, I used to run a camp and, you know, run a club. Summer's coming up. Sure, do it here. Well, they have an indoor. So nice. hey, it's getting a little chilly. Can I go indoors? You know, and I remember yeah. that um, seven kids, I say it this way, seven kids, Turned into 17, turned into 27. Pretty soon, I'm like, I got to get a place. Like, right. Because the AD leaves. He's like, oh, you know, see, we'll see you. And then he's looking over and he's like, uh, what group yeah. What group is that again? They're like, <laughs> oh, I got to like. So I was very yeah. lucky because that's not always an easy thing. So I, I had a base. I kind of knew how much these kids pay. How do you run a successful club? I'd say take in more than you spend out. Right. Or it's yeah, not yeah, going to keep yeah. the doors open. So we know yeah, we have like to do that. It's like any good diet. Don't eat more calories than, than you burn, burn <laughs> or you're not gonna like you need to eat at this time or that time it's like no let's just keep it this simple so uh, yeah. yeah i was really um really fortunate uh that way also that i that those things fell into well, place for me and, and i think you bring up a, a couple of good points like for anybody out there who's thinking about starting a club you've got to start small because I, I i've heard of stories of people who are like you know what i'm gonna take a huge loan out and i'm gonna get a facility and i'm gonna just open the doors and it's like um, you might not have a lot of people show up at first. True. You know, it takes time to, to build the numbers, you know? Um, and I, you know, I even think that I'm fortunate that in our area, like we were talking about before, there are enough clubs around that it's made the sport even more popular in this area. So it's there's, a balance. Yep. Yeah. So there's more numbers that want to do the club, but it's like you open those doors right away. You might not get it a lot. You have to start small. Like I, the way I started, and I know I haven't mentioned this on the other podcast, uh, I was coaching at West Milford High School, started out springs and summers. You know, I'd have my West Milford kids, a couple other kids, and it slowly started to grow, you know, and, and we would jump either at Flying Circus, and then we jumped here at Vertical, you know, and that's how the club grew. But it's like, you can't just open the doors to, to and pay rent. I mean, like, I mean, the numbers could, depending on where you are in the country, oh my goodness, you're going to pay what? anywhere from two to 5,000 sure, a month, sure. you know, and, and that's just rent. To delve into that a little bit, so the little sub-story inside that story is, so I get to Pennsylvania, and I'm like looking at girls jumping 6'6 six, six and 7, yeah. and you're looking at guys jumping 11. I just had a 1210 girl and a right. bunch of 12-foot girls, and you could tell these people like, hey, no, I've coached this. I've done this. They... They're, it just goes in one ear and out the other. They're just like, whatever. That, I don't know what that guy's talking about. But then when you have that kid and they go to a meet and they're like, oh, did I win? It's like, no, honey. Those people didn't come into the meet yet. And they're like, right. what's going So even though you can, you, even if you have a history and you say it, you know, people like to see it and experience yeah. and go up against it. And then pretty soon like, oh, I wish I knew about you. Like, you don't remember. I talked to you a year ago. And, yeah. But that's just the way it well, is. That's how we all are. I mean, it's just sometimes that's just well, and, and I us think as humans. That, that's something that I, I've been telling people a lot is like, you know, people have short-term memory. Mm -hmm. They're not going to remember. It was And last year was kind of a rebuilding year for me at the club because I had a lot of kids graduate and I had a lot of young ones. And, you know, it was like just the year before I had a state champ. Uh, the girl jumped 12 from a five. Mm -hmm. You know I what I mean? Her. And now I'm coaching. It's like, People are talking to me like I used to coach ten years ago. Right. Like, hey, didn't did yeah. you have a kid that was good a little while ago? Like sure. maybe like five, ten years. Like it was just last year, you know? And so it's kind of funny. People have short term memory, and that's why you constantly have to produce so people can see, you know, kind of I hate to use the word product, but see what you can deliver, sure. you know? And we know that on the big scale of the people you mentioned on your last um uh, uh um podcast with with Petrov, I mean, come on. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, Petrov, you know, the the French came through and they're using that style. And then yeah. you look at this cat come down, you're like, that looks like Pupka. Like when right. he picks up the pole, when he runs down and what he's doing, because he <laughs> has a model and a system. And he's just, it's not that he, he's trying to make poop again. That's just his, that's what he sees. So, right, you know, right. That's, that's what he makes. And, and like you said, you used uh, before, you know, it's like you have a picture in your head and you're trying to recreate that picture. And I, I just want to tell a quick story. I remember one time being at practice with you and you started talking about the karate kid. Right. I right. thought that was a great story because I didn't think of it at the time, but you started to bring up the movie and you were like, this is it. You watch the original Karate Kid. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to There's know about sports. There's always a gem in there. And I sometimes... 
Well, we talk about it this way, and it doesn't have to be black and white, but a lot of times it's like, remember when he told them, like, if he didn't do karate, hey, dude, that's fine. That's great. And if you want to really do it and learn this, that's great too. But if you only do it halfway, you get squished because you go then into competition, and some dude that studies it, like, crushes you. If you don't do karate, you never even go into that competition. Well, the pole vault is kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you can play around with it, but you're not going to be what you can be. And even if you are serious about it, we also need, you know, athletic attributes. Right, sure, sure. But how many times I've had girls jumping 9-6, awesome form, beautiful. I mean, and that's a great jump for them. And they're actually a good study. For right. someone else, because they're doing everything great, and people are like, "What do you mean? She's only jumping nine six. I'm like, "Well, that's as you know, that's well, as fast as she is and as good as she is." But well, and that goes back to us like kind of being like pole vault snobs, snobs right. you know. But it's like, no, that that nine six girl is doing a lot right to get that nine six mm-hmm. jump because me and you both know that girl might be jumping seven if she's lucky, sure, you know. Um, and I even um. I have this one video that I posted on my YouTube channel. I, I just titled it, This is Pole Vault. And it's this little kid. He's five foot four. He's gripping 12 1 and he jumps 13, you know? Mm. And the thing is, too, that's funny about him is I, you know, I checked his meters per second. You know, I used uh, Peter McGinnis's sure. like biomechanics on a budget. Right. I think he ran 6.9 meters per second, which according to Peter's charts, that's not fast enough to jump 13. So that's like, you know, for us, like we know, it's like, hey, this kid's getting a lot of stuff yeah. done. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's taking his body Everything, and pushing yeah. it to the max. And like you said, sometimes you might even have a 16 foot guy that you're like, yo, get over here and watch this. Like you, have, you have to see what this kid's doing. Like, yeah, you might beat him real easy because you're a 16 footer, but if you did what he did, how high are we going to jump then? And that's you know? hard with losing the model in a little bit. Like I didn't know if you felt like it, but we've always kind of followed that Petrov model mm-hmm. and then and no one's beat Bupka and he's done this and he's done that and you see how high he's jumping how many times and then all of a sudden La Villanie comes down yeah. and you're like wait a minute this is different like this is a small guy and this is different right. stuff but it's funny because as you watch them maybe the progression now he's moved his step out he's yeah they've also said hey you can't just come under here and always do this like okay yeah he doesn't and he's good at what he does but he can be better if he kind of gets to what's maybe more biomechanically sound, sound yeah right? well yeah and the other thing and i know i've said this to you is like you know we've talked about various different vaulters who maybe had a, a a little bit different technical model and i've always argued on their best days and on their best jumps they probably looked a little bit closer to that petrov bubka model, model right. you know and and they like even with with renault you know when i watch some of his better days better jumps I mean, I think the jump has a lot more flow. It's less tucky, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it's a lot smoother. And that's why I've always felt, you know, I've seen some coaches, you know, at the high school level where they'll get a kid to jump a certain bar and they're they're super excited. They're like, you didn't even, you know, you didn't even pressure with your left arm today. Just wait till we, and I'm like, oh no, you don't want to do that. Right. Like that kid just hit a good jump in good flow, but they don't, they didn't even feel it or, or, and the coach doesn't see it. And then they never get that jump again the rest of the season. Right, because then know? they just concentrate on different things where maybe they see a picture of someone else. And like, I mean, how many times have we had this conversation and someone's sickening like, oh, <laughs> you got to have your bottom arm straight to pole vault high. <laughs> You're like, this kid's trying to jump 10 feet. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> well, like, right. The grip is so low. Like, that's just not possible, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that I always try to tell kids, too, is like, look, like, I, I get it, like, if this, if you played this game and the rules were who bends the pole the most or maybe who, who lands the deepest, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to push on the pole. Right. But the thing is, like, like Petrov has said and Bubka has said, it's your speed and mass at takeoff that will bend the pole. Sure. You know, it should just naturally happen. And, and we've talked about it. The better that swing is, the more they're swinging into it the more that pole's going to roll over that and moves, bend. That moves a lot of pole. The yeah. inertia of a body swinging oh, on the pole my goodness. moves an incredible amount of pole compared to a blocker who low, he loads it up. And it's like, yeah, now how are you going to get on top of that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like, and what did Petra say? Uh, sometimes yes, most of the time no. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and, and we've had Roman Bacharnikov on the podcast, and something that he's always said is from the moment that a person leaves the ground to the moment that they clear a bar is roughly 1.4 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember even you said, I think you look back at one of Abby Schaefer's jumps on, on and the yeah, about 1.4. And so it's like, you have a limited amount of time. So if you waste any time on the bottom and, 
and me and Jim B. Miller were even talking about it. If you watch frame by frame, if you have frames where nothing's happening, you're not moving on the pole, that's bad. You're I'm not like, active. I, I'm like, time's money. So yeah. every time you're missing, increasing the frame, and that goes way back when I saw, um, when I did uh, camps with Stacy and Dave when we would go to mm. Chula Vista, and Dave's the one that kind of pointed that out. Like, I never thought about that. We're going, and here you are in the swing phase. Up oh, there's a frame. Up oh, there's a frame. Up yeah. oh, there's a frame. And nothing's going on. You're like, oh, man. And it dawned on me, like, you got to get something done in that time. Right. That, that's just energy getting out of the system. Like, you can't get that back. You can right. only put so much. Right. And and that's what, like, you know, you were bringing up before, you know, about education and just having an outlet for people to learn. It's like, I just hope that uh, high school coaches are listening to this and maybe even some college coaches and understanding that don't get obsessed with these, like, freeze frames. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people look at an isolated picture and Jimmy Miller even brought it up. And it's kind of what you said earlier too. You know, you have to look at the vault real speed too. As a flow. You know, yeah. What's is the flow it, of is the it jump? a smooth flow or do you see a stop somewhere in there? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you watch stuff in slow motion or frame by frame and you might not catch it. You might not catch it. And you talked about art and science, you know, and it's funny. I'm, you know, I've been uh, studying a lot on like a little bit the powerlifting scene and uh, Louis Simmons from Westside Barbell, who's. I would say very scientific, but he even brought up something interesting. He goes, you know, they have the tendo units that can measure the bar speed at their practices. And he goes, he goes, I never use them. Takes too much time. I'm not going to stop every time somebody lifts to tell them what their bar speed was. Mm-hmm. He goes, I can see it. Right. I can see if it was fast or not. And I, and I feel the same way, you know, about you. You know, if you're standing watching a kid jump, you know if the swing speed was appropriate or not. Because you've seen it so many times over and over, you know what to look for. And I think sometimes that's what a lot of high school coaches and college coaches are missing out today. Everybody's got their iPad out. They're all like videotaping and then they're trying to watch it through slow motion, but they're missing the, the natural flow and movement. And for me, I, and you tell me how you feel, I feel like those kids want that immediate feedback. They want when you they come off the pit that you know what's going on already. They don't want you to waste you know a minute and a half looking at video and trying to stand for so long. You yeah, know? I haven't used it much. I mean, I tried a little bit, but I did. I, I thought I missed the uh, I don't know the organic nature of what just happened, and right. I don't want to have then that change the influence of what I just got real time. Like, and then you're like, oh well, you know, it wasn't as bad as I think. But I think when you watch it real time, yeah. And let's face it, it does. We we have, I mean, how many jumps have we seen? So we, <laughs> yeah, you know, we've seen just tens I, of thousands I mean, of, yeah, of ju- flows of jumps. So yeah, so just to clarify, so people understand, you know, uh, at vertical, like you said, what, over 100 kids sure. a season. Yeah. So dur- during a Sunday, how many kids? You know, maybe 60 to 80, depending on. Yeah, uh, 60 to 80 kids at practice. And each of those kids are probably taking anywhere between 15 to 30 jumps, depending on how the session goes and what they're supposed to and be doing that day. And that's full jumps, because you know yeah. they're doing takeoffs, and you know they're doing swing right. drills, you know they're doing oh. other things. So it's so, moving. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that I always told people, too, was uh, when I got the opportunity to help Tim St. Lawrence and Hugh Cawthers at, at uh, the Flying Circus, you know, I took that opportunity because I was a young coach and I was learning. And what I felt was like, well, if I'm there every day, regardless if my high school kids are there and I'm helping them out, I'm watching more jumps. Yeah. And I could probably see more jumps in that year or two than some coaches see in Ever. a 10-year block. Right. You know, because how many, how many coaches, I mean, they'll coach a month and a half in the spring, which I totally understand. And that's, I, I love that those guys are doing that. Yeah. But they have like five to 10 kids. I mean, how many jumps are they going to see in a month and a half? Right. You know, versus a scenario like that. And that's why I jumped on the opportunity to work, uh, you know, with the Flying Circus coaches. Um, yeah. So you, that's how you develop that eye, you know? And and I think um, it, it's interesting in this area because there are kind of a lot of clubs, and it was what you were saying before. Is that a bad thing? It's like, well, there is competition and, and outlets for other people to go, but a lot more people are pole vaulting than right. there would be if they weren't so right. many clubs and, and places to jump, and a lot of kids have gone and, and made – even if it was a smaller scholarship or just just right. had a sport that wasn't going to be their sport. Because as you know, sometimes, you know, the we're, we feel like we're the kid that, oh, you can't run, you can't jump, you can't throw. Hey, go over pole yeah. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. You're like, wait a minute. I want the guy that can do everything. Right, But it right. doesn't always work that way. Yeah, yeah. So you got to do what you can with the kid that you got. And, I mean, look, I, I also think, look, it's, a, it's an awesome sport where, you know, like you brought up the karate kid, you know, 
in that movie, you can see how that character develops as a human through that sport. And I think our kids do the same thing. You know, this, this teaches them discipline, you know, this teaches them about how to set goals and how to even deal with failure too, sure. you know, cause I think sure. that that's a huge thing. And I always talk to people, I, you know, some of my older athletes, I'm like, I know they're ready to do something big because they've dealt with enough failure through their career that nothing's going to stop them. It's not going to phase them. If they have one bad day, that's not going to set them off track. Right. They're going to keep pushing and pushing forward. And I think the thing about that movie that I that I see is the whole the whole premise I think was balance, balance in life, balance in you know, your training and and he wanted to learn how to punch and and he was like, "Don't worry about punching. You learn about balance first and actually how to defend, right. you know, so you don't get hit." Well, same thing, you know, in pole vaulting. We're like, "Hey, yeah, I know you want to jump high, but I want you to jump right, and and first of all, I want you to jump safe. So we're really working right. on balance and safety, and through um, through confidence comes more aggressiveness because you know what's going to happen. I mean, hey, I, I give it to some kids, man. They're just back there, and they don't have anything else but aggression. You're, right. you're look, looking back like, oh, if I had a kid that was that aggressive, and then I thought about it, I'm like, that kid has nothing else. He doesn't have coaching. Yeah, they, they have so to have that They grit. just have to come down. And we're thinking, and not that we really try to coach the aggression out of the kid, but our kids know what's going on. Like, they know right. if a jump's going to go bad, they know, hey, I'm just going to hold on, let my feet right. come down, find a place. Well, in the and it's interesting that you bring that up because I was telling you about um, – Alex Moffat, uh, my athlete from Texas, she jumps for St. Peter's College. And, you know, she's from Texas, didn't have a coach. I think she may have gone to a practice here or there at Lone Star with Chris Allison. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my goodness, when she first came to the club, she'd come down there and whap, and you'd be like, whoa. Like, it kind of reminded me of Anaheim, you know. Sure. And, I mean, I think Alex broke three poles her first year. And I'm like, Alex, you can't do that. You got to right. stand up. You got to jump up. Like we can't just run into it. And uh, you know, the, the, I don't, like you said, I don't want to say that we, I took the aggression out of her, but the more relaxed and confident she became in the, the model, the better that became. And the thing that I always talk about is I use the word sustainability. We're trying to build a sustainable model. Sure. You know, and I'll look at some kids and some kid will jump and, you know, um, you know, Billy, the sound guy, you know, he'll sometimes be at the club just watching a practice. And I'll tell Billy, I'm like, that's not sustainable. Right. That's fine. That kid, you know, maybe that boy just jumped 14 feet. That's not sustainable. That's not going anywhere. He's like, what are you talking about? He, he just PR'd and jumped 14. I, I know, but that's the end of the road. Right. You got to watch that 13 footer, 12, six guy. That's sustainable. He's building on something. He's just on the tip of the iceberg. You know? uh, maybe it was explained, and I like the, the the way it was said, like what we're trying to teach is an open-end model, meaning here's the right. model. If you run a little bit better, you jump higher. Right. If you do this a little bit better, you jump higher. It's open-ended like because you're doing a pendulum, you're jumping the pole to vertical, right. you're swinging on this pendulum. So if anything goes better, where someone else who comes to crash in it, not only maybe won't they be consistent, but even as their frame, their body frame, how you know, where are they going to be in it? Can, right. they, can they do this? I mean, they're going to, they might, and be, are their joints going to hold they up? They might be broken, right. um, you know, next year. And, and we've seen that. So. Well, and Roman Bacharnikov, he, uh, he has an interesting way of uh, describing it too. Like you said, open-ended, he talks about the positive feedback loop, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you have a model that is open, like you said, you constantly get positive feedback. The faster you run, the higher you jump, the more you jump up, the higher you jump, you know? So it's like it all works together, and sure. that's what should be happening. If, you, if the model is is a quality model, you're going to constantly get that positive feedback. Because I'll get questions sometimes, you know, I, I remember just this past year at D3 Nationals, you know, one of the athletes came by to ask me a few questions, and you could tell there were gaps in his model, and he was kind of searching for some answers, and and I knew what he needed to do, but it, you know it's hard through conversation just to get it. Like you almost need to do like a little like mini training camp right. with the kid right. or something. That's but but yeah, but it's like he had some gaps in his model. It's like even something as simple as the pole carry. Well, if you got that low pole carry, you're just you're at some point not going to be able to run any faster like that, and you're certainly going to have a lot of trouble trying to jump up at takeoff. And so now you got that gap, and no matter what your PR is. That's essentially, you have to go almost backwards mm -hmm. and relearn that to fix that. Otherwise, you're stuck. Yeah, because that's the challenge because that's how you pole vault and that's what you know and you have thousands of jumps doing it that way and then you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't <laughs> feel right. And you're like, it's right. And you're like, it's <laughs> yeah. right. It just doesn't feel right to you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. Right. Um, you know, so you kind of, I think, explain like how you developed your, your system. I mean, 
what would you say uh, to coaches out there? Like, what can they do to kind of develop their system? Like, what what do they need to do? Because I think a system is so important. I think too often, and we were kind of discussing it earlier, you kind of see a, a like Povol. It's a fun event. Everybody loves to have a good time, but sometimes there's no structure at you know, your general pole vault practice and you see a lot of issues. You, you'll see people not looking the same like we were talking about. Like, how does a coach kind of develop a, a system? Uh, it has to be different for everybody, but I think, again, it's luckily now through uh, maybe internet, the exchange of information, you can see what works and what hasn't. You talked mm-hmm. about that with polls. Like, hey, right. come on, there's a big <laughs> bank or body of information out there which polls have produced you know better people so right, um, right for a right. coach that they they have to and hopefully they pick the right model and you have your bullet points if that's it and then you have to learn to work them i mean right what worked for you uh if, if my kids you know practice two times in a row how did that go if they practice right um, oh my goodness if they had you know a little bit of break or you know the kids that are just yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh we just jump every day well what are you working on? i don't know yeah. we're just coming and you had talked on the other podcast maybe that kid wouldn't be doing it because he just came out and he had fun so pole vaulting became fun right. for him. And if right. he had to do structure stuff, maybe it wasn't going to be as fun. So Yeah, I mean, so you definitely have to look at your own individual situation. Because, I mean, even uh, a discussion I've had with a lot of coaches, especially at the college level, is like, unfortunately, some of the kids are doing 6 a.m. lift. Right. Well, you got to figure out what you can do with that kid after a lifting uh, session, you know, and make it work, mm-hmm. you know. Because I've even been in that situation. I remember at one point, uh, one of my girls, she was like an 11-4 girl, KL Markson. I mean, we just had the situation where indoors, you know, when we would have to either come here or go to Flying Circus, um, we would have to get our lift session in before practice. That's just the way it was, and and we made the most of it. We maybe kept it short, very technical, and we weren't going to do any long approaches, but that was the only way she was going to get a lift session in, you know? Well, now the problem that we have, because of where this conversation is gone, I remember being at a podium event and Toby Stevens is getting up and he goes, okay, guys, you're probably not going to like this, but I jumped every day. You know, yeah. so he's I jumped and my daddy tapped me on every jump and we're like, maybe like this doesn't really fit into the program and what we're right. doing, but he's just telling you, he's not what lying. He's he like, did, that's just yeah. what we did. Well, and, and I almost use the example, and I, I don't remember if I said it with Jim B. Miller, but it's like, you look at, let's look at another sport for a second, like, you know, baseball, Gary Sheffield. He had that weird, like, batting stance, and mm-hmm. he would have constant movement with the bat. I mean, the guy was just so athletic that he can make up for that. But you're not going to teach a kid to do no. that, you no. know? So I think that's sometimes the thing that, you know, people... People have to look at some of those top athletes and take what fits for their kids. You can't necessarily do everything they do mm-hmm. because they're just studs. You know what I mean? I, and even Toby, I remember reading an article about him where Gil was going to send him polls and he was like, look, I'm a stud. Like, just send me poles that are 1.0 apart. And he goes, I don't need those half flexes. Those half flexes and, and at that level, yeah, yeah. And they convinced him to get the half flexes. Then he jumps six meters. He sends them a thank you. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, "Oh, thanks for convincing me of that." It made made and, much and easier. And maybe that answers our question because there's people have done it before and have paved this road. I think you'd be a fool not to to look listen. at what they did yeah. and see what they. You know, I mean, it's out there. Either you ask them, like you said, "Hey, most of your information has come afterwards," and you went up and asked them. You know, why, when the clinic was over, and that's where you got your best information from. Right. So don't be afraid to ask. Hopefully you choose the right model, choose, you know, a model right. and, and look to the people that you know, have done it before. Yeah, you. they have experience. They can help you out and, and definitely, you know, individualize it for your specific situation. Um, I guess going off of that, then, you know, I think this becomes important. And I always wonder what other people do, because I know I'm very critical of myself. You know, I feel like almost after every practice session, I'm thinking back about some of the kids I just coached in that session and, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what could I have done better? Was I on top of everyone as much as I should have been? Um, How do you grade yourself as a coach? Like, how how do you reflect? You know, I think it changes through time. I certainly think early on, uh, I think, this might be my 20th year coming up. So I'd say for the first 10 years, it's not that I thought I was doing a good job and I thought the winning or whatever, you know, kind of showed that you're doing a good right, job. Right, I, yeah. I never thought like, oh, it's the best. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, I changed a little bit and, and maybe everybody got better too that you were like, oh, I'm not winning everything. But then I realized 
There's more people doing it. You just have to go back and look at the heights that people produce because the height is the height, meaning, yeah, you, right. oh, I used to win all these championships. And it's almost like when people ask about, um, oh, I don't think I'll get a scholarship if I don't win the state title. I'm like, they, they're looking at your height. Like, right. You right. Don't, they're yeah. not going to hang that gold medal in their, in their college. Right. Like so. if you're a nine-foot state champion yeah. somewhere as a girl, like it's you're not getting a scholarship because you're a state champion. So very tough question. I... I I don't know exactly how to do that because I think we go back and forth. I think I am pretty critical. And the thing that we talked about before, you can look after the meet or look at the tape afterwards and like, oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed that. But it's almost like looking back at time and saying, hey, with, with, with in retrospect, 2020 vision, it's easy to see and go change, but that wasn't what had happened. So, yeah, yeah. So you got to, you got to, um, you know, not be that hard on yourself because the reason uh, you made the decisions you did was real time and that was going right. on. So Right. I, you know, and this is something where even, you know, you talking about real time and making decisions in real time, like obviously that's tough and you learn over the years, you know. Um, that's where something I feel like you can use a little bit of videotape as a coach, like after the fact. Right. You know, look, look back at it and see if like, you know, is your memory right? Because some people don't me- uh, remember things a hundred percent of the way, you know, you think like, Oh yeah, that pole was definitely too small. And then you look at the video and then you're like, uh, probably should have stayed one more time right. on, that, on that pole. And that goes to individual. Cause you get to get a feeling for that kid. It's like, Oh, he always amps up on the last one. I'm going right. up a grip and going up a pole because yeah. that's, that's just the way it is. It's happened to me, you know, two times or three times before it's like, I'm going to do it this way. So, and then if you don't do it, I mean, I've heard you say it and you've heard yeah. me say, Oh, I should have. Yeah. Yeah. And then you think, okay, how many times should I say I should have? So, well, well, I remember even as a young coach too, you know, stuff that I learned from you. And I was saying like, ah, oh, you know what? If the meet ends and the kid ends on a blow through, like that's positive. Like that means next meet, you know, you got it. And you, you said to me something that I thought was very powerful. You're like, well, you missed it that day and you could have had it, you know? And so that, that's an important point too, I think. Because there was more juice in the system and, you know, sometimes we were maybe afraid to go up as much as we should have. But it is. It's better than, hey, what's the alternative? Oh, we went up too much kid landing in the box. That's well, not, yeah, that's you not definitely a good don't want to be there. That's not no, a good day. No, no. So, so yeah, I and, and I think it's interesting as it's gone on and I see a lot of people and this would be for the coaches out there, especially the high school coach. I mean, big fan of especially early season. Sanders at 80, and that's where we're staying. Right, right. Well, I'm coming down on the bar. Well, then you got to run faster, do well, something yeah. better, because that's where they're staying for right now. And then as you learn, as the season goes on, we can start pulling them in. But, I mean, how many times have we seen, like, man, you guys got kids. And I love the um, the chart that's just like landing short, landing deep, small bent. You know, what do I do? That's just right. simple stuff. That's right. just like almost a lay person, almost a parent will ask me, well, how do I coach my kid or what can I do to help my kid? I'm like, come here and look at this. First thing you got to do is take, where is my athlete or my uh, son or daughter landing? Right. If they're landing short, not much you can do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to grip down yeah, or go down yeah, a pole. Yeah, Something's got to be That's the kid made you easier. love. So, and I know you want to do that. So. Yeah. Well, and something that you said that I, I always thought was great was looking at the pole and grip as resistance. Right. You know, I think too many people, they, they get away from that and it's, it's just resistance. Like bench press. If I just failed at a 200 pound bench press, you don't add 50 pounds. Right. That's not going to work. Right. We got to go down and I got to be able to complete the lift. And that grip and pull is resistance and you have to match that for what that kid can do that day. And that's the game. Yeah. You know, that's the game is matching the, the force. Now, what makes it a little bit harder for us and this is for other coaches is yes, we then have to take into consideration all the things that we teach. Was the hands up on time? Was the step on? Right. Did we swing forward? Did they, you know, do whatever they did? So there's that kind of that thing going on. But for right. the most part, if a kid, like we've talked about, is in a system, there's variables, 5% here, 2% there. Right, a bit. Right, but right. for the most part, they've taken hundreds, thousands of jumps doing this thing. So, right. And you can, as much as you would want to win it. And I've how many times have we seen yeah. it? Yeah. You know, that's what I would other say to coaches. Like, hey, I know we all want to win, but. Just holding higher doesn't mean your kid's going to win. Like, right. You can't just, hey, we're in this competition. My kid's jumping great. They're coming down on the bar, but we're going to try to hold a little bit higher again. You're like, what? Yeah, like, you just can't. And, and I think sometimes people, like you said, they get caught up in, well, if I grip a little higher, maybe we can clear it. But the thing is, if you're really trying to get that kid in a position where they have a, the best chance to clear the bar, 
sometimes you got to grip down. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we, you know, I saw it from you and I, I started doing it. It's like you grip down and all of a sudden the kid PRs, you know? Yep. So, I mean, you got to do that. And, and going back to, like you said, that chart where it's like, you know, uh, big band, bend lands deep, you know, you go up a pole. People need to know those charts. I mean, ha- how many times, and I remember actually like laughing about a couple stories with you about people are like, oh, you know, the, the pole is getting too soft, so we grip the kid down, so stiffen up the pole. And you're like, that, that's just going to move the pole faster. Like, right. The pole just moved faster, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you lowered the pendulum, so the kid right. moves faster. He went under the bar that time. I don't understand. Yeah. I feel like, and for coaches, the biggest thing, especially it's usually a high school boy, Big Ben landing short. Oh, I, I don't know what that. It's like you got to lower the grip, man. Right. That guy's got a lot of bend in the pole, but he's landing almost in the box. Like, right. Like there's enough energy there. Look, but if he holds lower, he might not make it. The dude just made it by a foot and a half. Right. Lower him one grip, like three inches. Get him in the pit. Right. So it, it's just a way of seeing it and thinking about it. And and I mean, we're all competitive. That's why we kind of do it. I mean, we love doing it. We love the sport. But hey, we're competitive. We want to. Yeah, you, you know, it it was funny because last year I I ran into a very interesting situation. I, I had a girl. She had jumped eleven six as a sophomore. She was a senior at this point. Um, she had a knee injury, like really, really bad case of tendonitis. But then there was even worry that she could tear a patella tendon. Mm-hmm. And you know, the girl was didn't know what to do. She was about ready to quit by spring and she came into one practice and was crying. I said, look, Julia, you know how to pull vault. You know, I've been coaching you since eighth grade. You're not going to jump in college. We know that, but you want to jump spring. Let's jump spring. We can do it. We're not going to practice. You're going to go to the meet. You're not going to warm up. We're just going to open at a bar and we're going to start jumping and I'm going to adjust you okay, so that fun. your knee doesn't get, we're have get fun. bad. That's what you want to be doing. And by state groups, the girl jumps 11 from a five, you know, and it was hysterical because you could see the look on people's faces like, this is the girl has been hobbling all year. Like, how did she just get 11? But it's like, well, that's it. I put her in a situation where she can handle it. I'm going to adjust her as much as possible. And she ended up having a good day. Because if I know, if I do the regular stuff and grind her, she's not even going to be able to get down the runway. So we know she's not going to make the bar then. Right. No, I get it. I get it. You know, um, I guess go, going off, going off of that too. Um, what 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 do you feel or what do you think about? You know, I I sent you a message on like some of the th- stuff that I wanted to talk about, and it's like, how, you know, do you ever hundred percent know which athlete is going to jump high? Because I I think about Mandissa Marshall, one of the girls that you you had at the club, and that was at a time where you know you had Abby jumping thirteen in high school, Abby Schaefer, you had Tor, uh, Tori um, twelve ten for yeah. Tori, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple other twelve ten, yeah. twelve nines, and then here's this Mandissa girl, you know, and she ended up at the end, you know, what did she end up jumping fourteen four, fourteen three? As far as so, I something knew, like that. Um, I, I I thought she definitely went the the thirty, you know, the four thirty, fourteen so. one, yeah, and, and, and that was at George Meese. And, yeah, and that's that's what I would say to her. So I, I see her coach, and it's funny saying greatest, you know, just super nice guy and a good coach. And I look at him at Penn Relays, and I look down, and I said, hey, don't you coach Bandis and Marshall? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, huh, how's that going? And he just, <laughs> just kind of laughs, and he's like, oh, it's interesting. And I'm like, so hey, what's the biggest thing with her? You know, like, what was the biggest thing? He's like, my five-year-old was stronger than her when she came in. And I'm like, what? He's like, she couldn't do a pull-up. She couldn't do push-ups. Yeah. And, you know, he just has a lot of experience. She wanted to be good. And and I would say she's a midi- medium. Like, Abby was always a small. She was, like, a medium. And, and she always used to do better at the end of the year because she had to run hurdles. So by the time right. the end of the year came around and she's been running hurdles, man, you stick a pole in her hand, she knows how to pole vault. But now she's coming down the runway, right. um, 12-5 and a half girl you know a pen yeah, relays yeah, yeah. champion not bad and he just you know the, the technique really didn't change he just you know kind of made her stronger and she just got into it so yeah and i'm terrible about when people ask me coaches ask me like what do you think of that one i i just don't i don't never really thought i wanted to be a college coach in the sense from a recruiting standpoint because right. they asked me i'm like I don't know. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know who's going to be good. Who's right. not going to be good. It's, it's tough to say it's, what it's happens when the kid to gets it. to the environment, you know, because some kids will take off and some kids won't because they don't want to put the work in, you know, because I think pole vault is still a funny sport where, you know, it's so technical that sometimes people get some results off of their natural ability and a little bit of technique. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they get to that point where like, well, now we got to work, mm-hmm. you know, now you got to grind if, if you're going to jump higher. 
And Mandissa was just an amazing example. Like, I mean, like, I was so happy to see her jump well. And I was like, yeah. I can't believe this. This I is awesome. I was surprised when I saw yeah. it. Because really, and as you probably know, because uh, the, especially maybe even before you started, that history, especially for the girls, the girls pole vault, is littered with, she's the best in the nation. Nothing. Didn't, you know, right. it was just over and over. Like, what is going on? Like, all these best kids and like yeah. nothing. And then someone who didn't, maybe didn't even pole vault is doing great because yeah. you know, they're not burned out. Maybe, right. you know, physically they didn't have these injuries. So it, it's very tough for me. It's always been tough for me to tell who's going to be really good. Even when they're in our system, our club, they come in as ninth graders or whatever. I don't know who's going to be good. We were talking about right. Ryan Potter, like that kid. Right. You know, his mom thought I was going to tell him that like, he can't come in here anymore. <laughs> and he's jumping at 15-7 off of a six left in high school. That's why sometimes we think, listen, if you guys get in a system, there's a lot of guys in high school that can jump 15 feet. Come right. On, we just got to. Right. Well, and, and something that I thought was interesting going back to like West Side Barbell, because, you know, it's very, you know, it's a club, it's a system, you know, just like ours. And what I started to say at my at my club is, look, you're a girl, you want to jump 12 feet? Just look at what the other 12-foot girls are doing. When we're doing ones and we're doing, a, you know, a, a Superman flyaway or a swing to the belly, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, how deep are you landing? Are you landing as deep as that other 12-foot girl? If not, you're not going to jump 12. Mm -hmm. You know, if that 12-foot girl can wrap an 11 foot bungee, like toe wrap an 11 foot bungee from a one or do 12 from a two. You better be able to do that too. So the answers are there when you're in a system. Sure. You just have to look at the girls or the guys that are doing what you'd like to do and get to that. Because sure. even at my club, you know, the, they'll do a lot of lifting. And I, you know, I even have some numbers. I'm like, look, if you're a girl and you weigh around like 130 pounds and you really want to jump high, you probably want a single leg squat around 200 pounds. I know that's a pretty good number because if you got good running form and that's what you squatted, you're going to be okay. We're mm -hmm. going to get on some poles. And that that's the huge part of the system too that I feel like you, ha you have those examples right in front of you. And for me, it's a little bit more um, run, mid, mm -hmm. grip, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have the same technique, and that's great. And then your goal is to get, you know, where these girls are. Like a lot of times when we're running a four-step and a girl's hitting a 40 and taking up, I'm like, eh, girl's going to jump 12 feet. I mean, right. or I shouldn't even say girl. That person is going to jump, jump 12, 12 feet because, yeah. you know, the, the pole and the bar doesn't care the anatomy. It's just, Right, you, know, you got to match up the speed. That's, match that, up the speed. That's it, you know. Um, so it's, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I think people don't, don't understand that enough. If you have certain goals, you just you need to find out the numbers that you got to hit. You and, you, know? and you don't really look to the end because there's all these steps in between. Like, hey, take the next step. Don't worry about nine steps down the road. Like, take the next step. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, and th this kind of goes into the, the next point is, you know, we talked about the role of the system and some of the things that we do as a coaches. Where do you see the role as the athlete? Like, what does the athlete have to do? Well, like in your mind, like. What's the perfect kid that walks in? Like, what are you what are you hoping for? Well, usually you're hoping for someone because I saw I've seen it and had it both ways. People that come in and they're just kind of looking for something to kind of do, and they kind of saw people pole vaulting, mm -hmm. and, this is, and that's fine. And 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 when you have a club like this, sometimes you got to do that because right. um, I've had a couple of people. Let's say I take a six foot girl, and it was it was about a six mm -hmm. foot girl that ended up maybe going eight feet, and she right. was thrilled with it. But the biggest thing was is when she came in here, she was a girl that her mom thought was not going to make it through high school, and then she mm -hmm. had all these friends, and she had right. people, and she had a system like, oh, well, those kids are going home and doing their homework and everything, and she went from a D student to an A B student right. just because she found different people. That was a great thing for her. No, yeah. yeah and she learned pole vault and, you know, we all knew like, you know, it's fun and you have fun. So I think that's a big role for the pole vault um, uh, club system because th that gives them that outlet where on the high school team, maybe she doesn't make it or maybe just the opposite. You know, she's on the team, but they never put her in or she never right, gets right. it. She gets dejected or this way, you know, she, and that was a great story for me. Um, sometimes kids come in and they have all these aspirations and they're going to D1 and they're thinking that yeah, yeah. and it doesn't go good for them because, again, they're putting the cart before the horse. It's like, come right. on, you're just like – you're just watching too much TV or <laughs> yeah. you're watching too much sports center in the sense, you know, th well, that that's going and, on. And I think 
early on, especially with the girls' vault, it was so new. Some of the marks that the girls needed to hit to get maybe a scholarship or to get into they certain were, schools, they were on. so easy. They were easy. You know, so it's like you could take an average girl and get yeah. them to jump 10, 11 feet. And there were D1s that were yeah. more than happy to have those. And there's girls. definitely something to be said, though, for like, let's say, like, Lynn's jumped. 13.6 as a junior in high school and mm-hmm. then Abby came behind her and jumped the 13.2 but took her you know state records at the meet and stuff mm-hmm. like that there's no way Abby was doing that if she didn't have someone come to before chase, her yeah. and do it like not even the chase but someone to act she stood there and watched this person do it so she right. was kind of breaking new ground and that's the way I think almost every sport is, and certainly the pole vault is, maybe because for the guys, the technical um, mm-hmm. change from steel to fiberglass, and we know how that went. But, right. you know, for the high school girl, like, what? Some girl jumped 10? Well, as soon as some girl jumped 10, some girl jumped 10, 6. Right. And then all of a sudden, now it's getting up to that point where there's a ton of girls that jump 12 feet now in high school. And now it's like, you know, every, you get a 14 footer, it seems once a year, which, you know, is no right. joke. Right. Yeah. And, and now you see it even on the international stage, you know, yeah. where 16 used to be such a coveted mark. I right. mean, there was one point, you know, you only had like three women that jumped 16 in the history of the sport. And now right. it seems like we're going to have a lot of those girls, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and I think that is when, you know, uh, the ground is, is broken and someone does it before and just us as humans even though we don't even realize it, we've seen it. So it's done. That barrier's been breaking. You know, it's That's the old true, story yeah. with the four-minute mile. Like, oh, you're die If you run four-minute mile, you're going to yeah. die. Like, your yeah, heart yeah, will yeah, explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's, it happens. And then Roger Manister sure. breaks the four-minute mile, and 36 guys do it I the know. next year, you yeah, know? I know. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely that, that, that part of it, you know, being able to see other people do it. Because same thing in my area. You know, I, I was one of, one of the first people in North Jersey to have some kids doing well. And it was like, it seemed then overnight, everybody started to pull vault. you know yeah. they realized like oh oh you can actually do this yeah. like, all right let's go you know yeah. um so real real interesting um i'm trying to think i know i have one more thing um what about what what do you th- think is tougher do you think it's tougher to coach beginners or you think it's tougher to coach that high-end kid? Because, I mean, we, we've both coached D- Division three. We've yep. had some national champions. Yep. You know, what, what, do you th- what do you think is the, t- the tougher one? A little bit has to do with maybe the personality of the kid. There's mm-hmm. some people that uh, you guys kind of gel and you go, and then there's sometimes they can still do good, but it's always, you know, tooth and nail. Yeah. Um, maybe I would think, what would I rather coach instead of what do I think is easier? Certainly with a... Um, a beginner, especially if the person has a little bit of talent, you show them a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's like you walk out of there, that kid just jumped two foot higher yeah. than every did. You're like, okay, I wish I was getting paid by the inch. Yeah. You know, you're thinking. And then the thing would be, well, which would you want to? I think sometimes um, at my point, you're like, oh man, and you're like, how many times do I got to go over this? And you're like, that's a new person. Like they've right, never heard it. Right. Like I've said this 10,000 times. I yeah. wish I would have made a DVD. I guess that's why some people do because <laughs> right. it's tough. So I think also um, as an athlete matures, what we have to realize is that coaches, we mature too. We're people too. Right. So a little bit now, I know that I'd like working with a more gifted kid. And again, not because the results, you know, we've won whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, almost 50 or close to 50 like state champ. what does one more matter it doesn't it was right. very important early on like right. i needed though i wanted yeah that yeah, made yeah. that made a difference but once you get a certain thing you're like right, oh, you know, what's right. one more i mean of course you always want to win right but, but you want to or at least i do i take uh i have some ideas because they've uh, they've also evolved and i want to do them but this kid's not capable of doing. So sometimes right. I like to, I think as I get a little bit older, not that a, eh, maybe I think it's a time management, like uh, not how much time do I have on the earth, like I'm about yeah, to die, yeah. but you're kind of like, I've done that. I've developed tons of kids and I don't yeah. want to be elite. Like I got to go to the Olympics, but I, I have some ideas and some principles and some things that I want them to be able to do. And right. not every, this is a hard sport. Not everybody's able to do it at that speed and that time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd like to have someone who's that capable. And it's, and it's like, if I don't have someone that's capable, I would either like to have a staff or say, hey, here's the things you got to work on. 
right. come back to me. Karate Kid, what did he do? He yeah. left him. He right. had to sand the floor. He had to do right. this. He would yeah, stop yeah. by once in a while. I was like, no, no, that's not the way I showed you. And he's like, oh, what am I doing that? You know, all this stuff. For right. And he showed him at the end why he was doing it. So again, another one of right, the things right. I like that movie. Yeah, and, and that's a good point too because I, I think at my club now too, it's like, you know, I'll have a lot of stuff going on. You know, one session just ended and they're, they're starting their lift session and another session's coming in to jump. And, and you know, that's sometimes what it is. Like, look, Here's an exercise, you know, you go ahead and play with this. I gave you a lightweight. Let's see if you figure it out, I, you know, poke over there and Once see if the while. kid's, you know, doing all right. And, and that's how they develop, you know what I mean? And, and then they, they tag, tag up with somebody else, team up and start working together. And all of a sudden, before you know it, that kid's lifting a lot of weight and they're getting stronger and, and, and then they're getting on bigger poles. That kind of ties into as a club, you'll you'll kind of always have this. You're you kind of get those. Oh, you know, blah 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 doesn't like it because they think you pay more attention to so and so. We've right. all had that, yeah. and I've said it a couple times. I kind of got frustrated. I was like, listen, you know who gets the attention? The people that are looking for the attention, that are doing the things, that are doing the right. things you ask them, that are asking you the questions instead of the ones that want to run back to their iPhone and look. It gets tough because, like, listen, Sally, I've tell, told you 10 times, you know, to do this, and, right. and it hasn't happened. And, and it comes down to either you can't do it or you don't care to do it, you know. Right, it, but either or, way, it doesn't work. Or sometimes <laughs> I even think, and this is where it gets, and it's our job, where you think, am I, okay, I told her this way, and I tried this way. You know, are you motivating them enough? And, yeah. and I you know, even say, that's why I, I've certainly changed a lot now, and I'm like, hey, you know, in the summer or whatever, go somewhere else. See if someone else says it, and that makes sense to you, where I used to definitely be a little bit more like, hey, this is my system, uh, or, or you're my athlete, you got to stay here. Now, the only reason I would say that is a little bit different is sometimes there were some people, if they're doing kind of wacky stuff, and then all of a sudden the kid comes back and you're doing yeah. Yeah. what yeah, but no like now unlearned. I like and there's a t enough people out there college coaches that do clinics other mm -hmm. people do clinics like hey go talk to them we've all had it they come oh, I came back from and you know what they told me they told you this how did you know because I've been telling you that for yeah. but it just takes another someone another voice, to say it yeah. so you know that's what I would say I see I, I would say sometimes we change a little bit too and, and I we've coached tons and tons and tons of beginners and they're great you get a bigger bang for your buck and you see these big things and hey you know coaching Abby we worked uh, and as you did too we worked yeah. a long time to go two inches higher three inches higher yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that can take a year also so right right yeah you know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting animal because there there is that huge re reward sometimes you feel working with a beginner and they jump up real fast and you feel great and mm -hmm. then and of course there's the reward of working with a top end person like an Abby Schaefer and Michelle Favre at their time you know where they're winning national titles but like you said you're grinding a lot harder for a couple inches you, and, you know and I wanted to mention this too because we mentioned those two but remember do you remember when you were at um the armory and I was coaching Anaheim and it was like her yeah, second year yeah, and yeah. someone said oh that, that girl looks pretty good he's like that's Anna and you're like what that's not Anna like yeah no, I'm telling you that's Anna like you looked yeah. over like Oh my God. And this funny thing is, is you see it cause you didn't see her every day. And I'm like right. looking at you, like you're telling me like, wow, she's, you know, she looks really good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, right. you don't remember what she was like. And I'm like, uh, yeah, because, not really. And you're like, Oh my God. The first you, time I saw her, I was like, what? And I was like, Whoa. And you were like, Hey, that's okay. That's what she does. <laughs> you were scared back. You're like, can you hold me? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like um, and, and then I remember being in there and you saw the back of somebody and like, oh, he's got a new, a new girl. She looks pretty good. And they're like, that's Anna. And yeah. that shows you, now that took a year, but that shows you yeah. if you have the, well, the right model or if you have your model and you stick to your guns, it doesn't happen overnight because sometimes right. it'd get better. Oh, and then it got worse. And then you right. got to bring them back on track and it got better. But if you keep staying that course, someone who like you didn't happen to get to see her for nine months, a kind right. of a season, you're like, oh, it stands out like anything. Well, me, I'm like, yeah, it's getting a little bit better. You're like getting better. Like uh, yeah. she was a wreck she before. Awesome. So that happens you well, know, too. Also. I, I even think about it as almost like it's a variance, right? Like everybody has a variance. Sure. Maybe a kid comes in and the girl jumps, you know, anywhere between eight to nine, six. What you're hoping in that year is that you bump that variance up to where uh, the worst day is nine, six. And now the best possible day might be 11, you know, sure. and you're trying to bump those variances up. Uh, but yeah, it's very interesting stuff. And, um, 
I, you know, I want to thank you again for your time. I mean, I think that the, we covered a lot. We could probably do a bunch well, of these if yeah, we when, want when to. When you said you're coming in, I was like, people don't realize the history that, you know, you and I have had uh, as far as you kind of getting going and, and me getting going kind of in the area, but all the things that we've seen and been through and all oh, the meets man. we've been to, all the national, all the New Jersey stuff. I know yeah. you don't get to go to Pennsylvania too much, but we've always, uh, you know, talked shop all the time. I mean, like right. I told you when you came in, I mean, there was times where I was worried. No one grinded harder than you and you would spend <laughs> – eight hours in this gym and coach all those people with me and then we would go have and grill out and have dinner and watch right. football and then like this guy's still got a an hour and a half or two hour drive home yeah, like oh yeah. my gosh you know bronco you want to stay here like oh no no like, i gotta go and then you had to go to work the next right. day like, yeah, yeah i mean so i always said i said this the one time we were at nationals and we were sitting with some athletes you know you came up other clubs came up and i was just like hey this is the way i feel not only about you but other people Whatever success he has, they deserve because they're the ones that put in the time, just like the athlete, just like you. Whatever success you have, it's not like, oh, I lucked into it. You grinded away at it. Right. You know, and, right. and as far as my feelings about you is no one's really grinded away and really made a commitment because you loved it. But, it, it, you know, you took it, you know, to heart. You And you said that uh, I've always had this, you know, we have this passion for the vault. And right, it was. Right. It was just, man, it was like. Well, thank you. You know, it's always been admirable. And I also know I'm like, yeah, well, I'm 50 and he's not. So, I mean, <laughs> and I did that. I remember what it was yeah. like working on, on in a construction site in Florida, right. eight, nine hours. And then what did I do? I went out and coached for four yeah, hours in the right. sun. So it wasn't, you know, it's not, sometimes you just got to grind away. And if you work hard, it kind of comes around. Yeah. I, you know, and that's, that's maybe a, a great point to end on is that, you know, if you do have that dream and you do have the passion for this sport, you know, you, you never know where it can go. You know, you, you start small and you build, like we both talked about, you know, coaching at a high school, then working your way up sometimes somewhere, finding an indoor facility that kind of like give you time. And, and then you end up in your own place. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly, I, I think there was a wealth of knowledge in this podcast. And like I said, I'm sure at some point we'll, we'll do another one. We, I mean, we can have a whole podcast just talking about equipment. I'm telling We <laughs> yeah, haven't even talked you know, about equipment and yeah, safety and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, but a lot of information. Hopefully, you know, someone who wants to coach has, has learned a little bit uh, today, you know, about developing a system, developing a coaching style, looking for a model and uh, you know, thanks again for being on the podcast, Absolutely, Mike. absolutely, thanks.